Later, on to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Cody. And today we're here to remind you that, well, I was kind of hoping it could come with a cool recipe, but instead, I will tell you this, if you want an easy recipe to find, uh, you can always just make butter noodles. You just boil your noodles like as you would if you're going to make spaghetti. Put a little butter in that son of a bitch with some salt, and you put a little, you know, maybe some herbs, how, however you feel, and you got a nice little meal for yourself so that way you don't have to worry about breaking the bank. Or if you really want some really good cheap food too, yeah. get some ramen, Yeah. any flavor. I prefer using the chicken or the oriental flavor. And then you crack, once you get your water to a roaring boil, yeah. you add the seasoning packet in, and then you crack an egg in there, Yeah. and then you whip the egg in there so it breaks up, makes an egg drop soup, and then you add your noodles, and you got a noodle egg drop soup. Ah! Yeah. There we go. I was like, I was like, I like how I give the recipes and you're the chef. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually get paid to cook. <laughs> I was like, I've only given recipes that work on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> that was my budget. That's like... Less than a dollar. Yeah, but that's more creative than, uh, butter noodles. <laughs> at at 80, 89 more cents, get, like, a thing of canned tuna or whatever, fry that up, put that on top, and then you have a little bit of, like, a, what's sweet? Uh, like, at least off bed likes butter noodles. <laughs> he would appreciate it if his character was real. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't forget about my butter noodle recipe. Do that. My butter noodle Take my butter noodle recipe outside and quietly, you know, shoot it in the face. Uh, also, when I first got to college, I had a recipe book that was 101 different ways to cook ramen noodles. <laughs> and so I always just added to it, like, there's a way to do beef stroganoff. And oh, it's yeah. one of my favorite ways is you saute up your onions real fast in the butter until they get caramelized. And then you pour a beer in there to deglaze them real yeah. fast. And then you add your cream and mushroom soup. And then you add your sour cream. And then you add a little bit of water or a little bit of milk so that way um, it lightens up See, a little bit. I, I, I just wouldn't think of that. <laughs> I'm just like, butter noodle. Oh yeah, and your beef. You gotta brown your beef first. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> just keep rubbing it, man. Remind, remind you to do that. Do that. <laughs> do that thing there. <laughs> just sorry. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> Gonna start out uh, today with something we love and hate. This is a segment of the show that if you're new to it at this point or not, then you already know what it is. We're gonna take something that's happened in the last day, week, or month that we have viewed or experienced in some facet, and we're just gonna kind of put our own little spin on it and give our own opinion. But we're not trying to make a point sometimes, as we're more so just trying to vent. Yep. So, uh, just gonna jump into it. Um, so this one is a little, little special, a little different in this case. So normally when we do do something you love and hate, we do just that. We, it's something we view and we want to talk about it. This is how we've approached a lot of hard issues and a lot of ones that maybe mm -hmm. people aren't privy to. You know, we do try <laughs> to stay from like very heavy political stuff, but then again, we want to be a voice for people, however way we can be. You know, it's, it definitely does teeter a line and it's one that I like to think that we've been doing a pretty good job at balancing. Scene, yeah, to be honest. I mean, we do have our moments where we definitely far, fall hard off that. Well, and, <laughs> like, I, and, I think, and I think we learned that pretty well from last year. Yeah. So I think we have gotten a better bit this year. But this one, is, so coming back to it, this one is a little more uh, specific and different. So I actually had, I'm going to be protecting this individual's privacy based off communication I've had with them and their approval, especially because what this has to deal with. It's something that we don't tolerate at all. Basically, 
this individual, and keep in mind, there are some things that I'm going to have to kind of, you know, take away from this and omit, again, to protect this individual's privacy, but uh, school that they're in right now is dealing with a lot of uh, racism, transphobia, and uh, homophobia, and a lot of these complaints are being coming from students who are experiencing them from teachers, from professors, and they've registered these complaints with the dean, but the dean has not still responded to or done anything about it. Yeah. So to kind of go into a little bit more, and there's actually an Instagram page that I'm going to recommend people check out. It's called BIPOC at RIMCAD. It's for the Rocky Mountain College of Arts and Design. And so it's it's a page where people can go and anonymously report their own concerns and instances of where they're experiencing either transphobia, homophobia, sexism, or racism, uh-huh. and without worry to get in trouble. Because the issue is is when when these students are standing up for themselves and they are wanting to say, "Hey, you, this professor made this remark towards me," or "This is happening," they are experiencing that professor now coming back and making schooling harder for them, whether it is affecting uh-huh. their grades or some times to the extent of being expelled yeah um and so that is something that i have no tolerance i'm willing to get some attention on this so if you want to help out and i'm going to go into a couple examples of what's been happening here but if you want to help out again please go over to instagram and look up bipoc at rimcat and it's b-i-p-o-c-a-t-r-m-c-a-d there's still reports being added to this account uh, but the one i'm going to go off of is is the one that this listener sent to us and the one that i also viewed from this listener's story and that's how i originally reached out to them as well is because i viewed it on their story and said hey yeah. would you like us to give you a voice on this mm-hmm. i know this is kind of like something that's really uh, is can feel very vulnerable and if you don't feel comfortable with it that's okay i'm willing to just be a backup for you yeah and they said that is fine you can do that you can uh report on it but uh they did not give me permission to say what they are going through so mm-hmm. i'm going to respect that but i am going to at least read a couple off this instagram because it is anonymous yeah uh, and this is one post uh that was done recently i'm a trans guy and i've had to deal with either subtle or downright blatant transphobia multiple times here at remcad i've had to out myself in class to get someone to leave me alone as to why i asked my professor to call me a different name instead of what was on the roll sheet and i've also had a fellow student straight up ask my friend about what genitals i had which is not only widely inappropriate but it's also insanely unfair for my friend to have to have dealt with that on my behalf i'm not the only trans kid here who deals with this sort of thing and it's incredibly discouraging that professors very rarely ever step in when they see it happening now that not being trans i can only relate to that on uh on certain other facets but that's just one example and this is also a current student mm-hmm. um and so if, if i can just read one more if that's okay i don't want to take away from the whole segment but we're like yeah it's you mind if i read like one more mm-hmm. the one that was also reported was i was paint uh, i was in a painting class and overheard a group of guys talking about their projects 
student one was asking student two what he was painting. So he said he was star starting a portrait of student three. Student one laughed and said, of course you're painting student three because he's black. Nobody said anything. In the same class, I overheard the same kid, student one, who is the manager of the grocery chain he works at complain about a guy who always comes back to return his items and that it, and that it's really annoying and he's Muslim and shit. A classmate called him out and asked what he meant about Muslim and shit and what that had to do with anything but the kid always gets away with saying inappropriate shit and then tells everyone to shut up. So this is also from a current student and right there there's a lack of That's, professionalism yeah. from the professor stepping in to actually solve that. And there's more stories like this or similar to this on this Instagram and I encourage everybody to go and support this and actually read these stories and see what's happening on. But one way to actually help with this is, and they even posted on the Instagram, says, friends, please share the anonymous form or the email associated, which we can share on here on, uh, on, on the show called BIPOC at remcat at gmail.com with your friends. They might not want to submit, but they may know someone who wants to but doesn't know how. The best way to keep the pressure on the university is to keep calling them out and bringing attention to their students. Being a BIPOC student in a predominantly white campus is scary. Show your friends they're not alone. So if you want to support what's happening here, please go over to their Instagram again. It's BIPOC at RIMCAD. And you know, it's just something that we had the opportunity to report on to get more eyes on. There's press that is currently getting more eyes on this right now. But when in doubt, like we are willing and more than willing to help any type of content creator or any listener who is struggling. And I know this is like a very specific thing. Like, why would anybody know to do that? Yeah. And really, it was just the happening that I followed this listener's page on Instagram. I saw their story. And mm -hmm. this individual was terrified that they, or and I, may, I don't want to over exaggerate, I want to say terrified, but they were scared that there would be repercussions of them standing up for themselves, speaking out, and mm -hmm. that they might, they're worried that they could be expelled. And so I wanted to offer the show, us and our show's assistance in that regard. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we're the punk rock horror podcast, we might as well. Yeah. And I don't mean might as well. It's like, might as well, but I mean, like, we well, might no. as well. So, like, my feeling about just, like, what today's day and age and just how it is anymore, I guess it's kind of lead into, like, what I guess I kind of hate yeah. or maybe even somewhat love. But it's just the fact that, like, you know what's more punk rock than anything anymore? Yeah. Being good to your fellow man. That's the most punk rock well, thing you could do anymore. Like, I know back then, because, like, you know, for the most part, like, when punk rock started coming out, it was just, like, against the establishment, you know, yeah. you know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, down with the government, you know, keep well, them accountable and stuff. But like nowadays it's like the most punk rock thing you could do is wear a mask and make sure someone doesn't die from a fucking disease. And now even more so is like speaking out. Yeah. And that's exactly why like things like this should be talked about even on, a, especially on our show. Cause we pride ourselves on being punk rock and what's more punk rock than talking about those being like being oppressed right. against well, students and, and stuff and, and here's know? the thing man two things about this one power has always been a tool of oppression and yeah. when they are trying to take voices away or make people scared of speaking out in some sort of facet and when they go to the route of using education against someone yeah. and that chance to actually, you know, fulfill their own education, but they're saying, mm -hmm. hey, you know, you can speak up, but don't be surprised. Never don't speak out if yeah. it's against me. Uh, that's that shows horseshit. And the other yeah. thing about it, man, is that this is our home state and this is where this is happening. Yeah. This is the 
Rocky Mountain art yeah. of design. This is RimCAD. This is yeah. uh, so uh, I'm more than willing to call out institutions in our own state who are being shitheads and not taking care of their own people. Fact of the matter is, is that politics is a part of punk rock, and I know we are an entertaining show, but um, if is that's just it, gross, disgusting. Fa fact fact of the matter is, is that <laughs> you know what's going to happen is that this is not going to be talked about in KBPI. This is not going to be talked about on 105.9 more than likely. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be talked about in any of the radio stations. It hopefully more news after this does pick it up and get more attention on this mm -hmm. but if we can add our name to this movement to helping these students out and giving some more press on that hey this is happening this needs to change yeah. and i'm more than glad to uh use us oh yeah use, use our voices in that way For but sure. uh kind of turning away from that into things a little more positive yeah so <laughs> things that we love things that we love uh so what i love this week is so recently a few months back and it kind of includes you too so i, I don't know you can make it yours unless you have something different but uh, a few months back, I made a collaborative playlist on Spotify for uh, uh, me and a few of our friends to just collaborate on and put music that everybody loves on. It's a no-judgment playlist. Like, if you love this song for whatever reason you love it, just throw it on the playlist if you and want. And we'll give you crap when we find out who it is. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but more than likely, it's because we love the song, too. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's funny because it's just like... I didn't know, like, it, like it just kind of, like, blown up in its own little way. Um, like, it's been this really great, positive thing for a lot of our mutual friends to just kind of be able to put this playlist on. Mm -hmm. And even though not being able to hang out or see each other, still feel connected via the music. Yeah. And so it's just really nice, because it is, you're, like, listening to this playlist, and I'm like, I'll be listening to, like, an obscure metal band, and I'm like, oh, I put that on here. Yeah. <laughs> and then fucking, like, Gunship, you know, this EDM ba band, uh, EDM artist comes on, and I'm like, oh, this is our friend Jenna. Yeah, and I can always tell when it's Jenna's, because it's always a cool vibe. And then, <laughs> and, and then Harrison is on it, too, and then he added all the ska music. <laughs> and so, and, and about, Not all of it. Uh, most of I'm it. Definitely a good chunk of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. But it's pretty funny though because it's just like I'll be listening to like because so like Jenna adds in like really good like emotional chilling songs. Yeah. Like there's a song called uh, Help and, mm -hmm. and like it's about like helping yourself or whatever. It's it's a good song but it's definitely like very moody. Mm -hmm. um, and so like I'm like oh right. I, I went through that emotional journey. Good. <laughs> good. That was a good song. What's coming on next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, the blaring of horns. The Rascal King. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that is like, I know there's a couple songs on there. I'm like, I wonder if anybody's going to tell if it was me or Harrison that posted this. <laughs> because there's like definitely some like real big fish that I put on there that I totally heard Jenna like, yeah, this, I think this one's from Harrison. I'm like, what song? What song? I figured you, would, you figured it was either you did the real big fish or he did, yeah. Yeah, I think I did most of the real big fish. I know uh, Harrison surprisingly did a lot of the giant word. <laughs> I, I was like, I was that like, went through me all. I was like, all right. I was like, this, this sounds like. The one I definitely that, put in the little, little dicky on there. The one, yeah, the one he put on there that really gave me a curveball was the Donna's. Because yeah. I thought that was going to be more of like a Jenna's kind of addition to it. Yeah. Because she likes the Donna's a lot. And I was mm -hmm. like, she's like, oh, you added the Donna's? I was like, I thought you added the Donna's. <laughs> and we were just like, did Cody add the Donna's? And I'm like, I don't even know if Cody likes the Donna's. <laughs> That's Harrison. And so I was like, holy shit, that might be Harrison. Does Harrison like the Donna's? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. All right. Well, I just think that's funny because, like, most of the time, like, when we talk about bands that we love, Harrison always just says Flocking Molly and Dropkick Murphys. So when he throws in a band randomly like the Donnas, I'm like, all right, Harrison, you keep your secrets. <laughs> hey, no respect. The Donnas are badass. Man. Yeah, I know. I that's just, what I mean. Like, I was just like, he really loves Eddie Vedder and ska music. I did not expect <laughs> the Donnas being in there. I know. So, and, um, I mean, more, literal more power to him. Like, and then, uh, uh, just to throw in my quick little, uh, one more little quick I, uh, thing I love this week is that uh, last week me and Audrey actually made hand puppets and we made sock puppets. Aww. And it was just a lot of fun because she gets really excited when we're adding on like little things every day. Like we uh, just added the eyes and we just did the hair and so me and her have been having fun like playing with those. So it's just been kind of nice. I've been trying to find like at least one thing to do like creatively with her. Yeah. Whenever I get a chance, like at least once a week with like doing something new creatively. So it's been nice. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. Mm hmm. So going off of that, I think we should dive into some musicals. Musical. And for our movies. musical relations. So if you've never heard our horror movie reviews before and you're new to the show by chance, uh, we do ours a little differently. We more so make the case for these movies and why you should watch them. We're going to give you pros and cons and kind of what to expect, tell you how it holds up, and tell you some things that might bug you, but mostly tell you why it's worth your time and worth your investment, and tell you where you can check it. So jumping into it, buddy. Why don't you take it away and tell us about your movie? So, funny enough, like, originally I was going to actually save Anna and the Apocalypse for our musical episode. <laughs> and, but I was getting a little too patient when that came up and it was Christmas time and I really wanted to, like, watch that movie and do it. So, this time around, like, I was kind of thinking maybe I'll do Repo's Genetic Opera. But I was like, no, because... Matt's probably gonna do that. I know he's, or I was just like, I should probably save that for you, because I know you don't like musicals. Yeah, that, that was that was a fair, that was a fair, that was a safe call. Yeah, and so I was having a little bit of problems like looking for another one because I didn't want to do like the known ones. Like again, Nightmare Before Christmas. I wasn't gonna do that. That's way too big. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, already and then I already did the lure on here, which was another musical. Uh, so I couldn't do that. And I didn't want to do Little Shop of Horrors or Rocky Horror Picture Show. They're just way too well known. So I kind of did a little digging and it was said a couple times in our in uh, our listener participation corner. But I decided to do The Devil's Carnival. <laughs> the Devil. Devil. So, and it was really good. It was really fucking good. Quick little synopsis. Lost souls enter the devil's carnival where they're each faced with the sins they committed during life. It was directed by Darren Lee Bowsman, written by Terrence Zudnick. It stars Sean Patrick Flannery, Brianna Evigan, and Jessica Loundis. Jeez, the lost souls that enter the devil's carnival where they face their sins now that they committed during the life now has to face those sins. No way. Get it's like when here. you go to hell, that's what you're supposed get, to do. Get out of here. <laughs> get, get, get out of here. here. Get out of All here. All right, so not going to lie. It took me a couple times to watch this just because the first two times I was super, super tired and it was late at night when I tried to watch it. Um, but when I finally got to uh, sit down and watch all the way through, it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, and it's a really good musical. So the music, I'm going to talk about that first. Huge pro in my opinion, because one thing that I really liked about this movie that I've seen with like, I don't know, I feel like some musicals that I've seen 
they don't really stick to the type of like music that they should be doing for it so for instance in the lure while i really love the music like when you think sirens and mermaids you think more like i don't know operatic type songs and so like the fact that they were doing punk rock a uh, punk rock scene in that movie like hard punk rock scene like it almost didn't fit and like sometimes they would use different instruments for different songs and it's just a sometimes they do that but in this one they went full ham on the whole carnival sound and soundtrack yeah and so each song is like it would be played at a carnival like you'd see at a carnival and it's played with those types of instruments like the big drums the like small trumpets and air sounds and stuff like that so the music is great and the songs were fucking awesome super super catchy just like what each musical should have like you need to have a memorable yeah. song and that sticks in your head and like the one that sticks in my head is always like we're welcome to the devil's carnival welcome to the devil's carnival and i'm like oh, god that's gonna stuck in my head ever um, but it was a really good song and each character like even though the super small minor characters are all like relevant to the story and they're all important yeah so i really like that like how they get everyone in and that everyone needs to be important and then the filmography the filming style of this movie is really really done really really well too and i really liked it because the way it's done is I could see this entire movie be done on a, on just a play, like on stage as a play. So like it was almost like they filmed the movie, like they're performing it as a play, and but with just cameras going in through and like filming stuff. Yeah. And it could the way then with that it gave it a really cool B movie grindhouse vibe and visual st uh, style of it, and it's just done really really well. I like that a lot. And there's a lot of kind of foreshadowing. Uh, done throughout the movie like there's this part where one of the lost souls that end up in hell that you're following she's a she's a thief she's a kleptomaniac she yeah. loves to steal and so there's this part where she uh when she wakes up she looks in a mirror and there's a sign that points to a mirror and says don't trust this person and she looks at herself in the mirror and so that's like a foreshadow like it's gonna say <laughs> something's gonna happen where she's gonna have to do something like that she and then at one means. point she meets a demon that is a shapeshifter and it shapeshifts is to her like to look exactly like her yeah and like talks to her about trying to do this game to win this diamond that she wants and it's like don't trust yourself <laughs> it's like what it's saying so there's really cool stuff like that and so uh one thing that i really also liked about this movie is the the costume design really fucking cool really really good um like each clown uh, each clown that's in there and each demon that's supposed to be there each lost soul is all are all detailed like each each one has a really cool detail and like they're all really memorable even when you only see them for a quick second like there's this one clown that i remember all the time she's like super over the top with her acting and stuff just like you should be on stage because yeah. like i used to do musical theater and everything and like when you do one small Drama. thing like just putting a cup down on a on a table you need to like enunciate that and make it big and like there's this one clown that did all her actions were super big and that stood out to me and i always got my eye down her yeah and so that's one thing that they all do in this movie is that each actor is doing something super big so just something will draw your eye to like that character and stuff so and then their costumes are really awesome like there's this one demon called the doll and so she's supposed to be really really pretty but since she's technically porcelain she's kind of cracked in her faces and the decal on that is just done really well and her song is awesome it's really really cool and like her voice kind of came out of nowhere to me i didn't expect her voice to be as low as it was but it was really really good 
the devil in this movie, his makeup was freaking awesome. And like the cool thing that I liked about his carnival too is that all the characters are kind of clown based and so it, it triggers that fear for everybody. Like even the devil's makeup, he does a little jester-esque like painting on his face and his voice is just really, really good too when he actually sings and his song is just super good. Like I don't think I have any songs in this movie that I didn't like. The only critique I had until I finished the movie was on one of the main guys, that, uh, one of the main souls you follow. Yeah. Um, he's trying to find his son. And in the very beginning of the movie, just before he gets uh, transported to hell, you see him cut his wrists real fast. And so throughout the whole movie, he's like moving really weird and just kind of awkwardly to me. And there was something about it that just threw me off because like he was moving really stiff while everyone else is super free flowing and loose and like moving and dancing all freely. And it didn't dawn on me that that's a really, really good attention to detail for him because he slit his wrists. So in his arms, there's no blood flow. There's no nerves going to it. And that's why his arms are so stiff throughout the entire movie. And I didn't catch that until the very end when they rehashed what he did. So this movie is really, really good attention to detail. And then my big con though, and it's the only real con that I'll have is that, and I think it's because it's the way they had to do it. And it's because it's supposed to be like probably more stage-esque is the blood. There really isn't a whole lot of blood, but the one scene that, like the couple scenes that there are, you can tell it's really, really fake. Like there's a scene where this girl gets stabbed in the chest and like the, you can, it, the blood just looks really off and really fake. And, but I think that's supposed to be too like, it's supposed to be like a stage production style of like, wow, the blood's supposed to look. So I think that's kind of what it was for, but that was honestly yeah. my only con. Um, otherwise, Honestly, really fun movie. Really fun musical movie with like really dark humor. Like everything's super bubbly and upbeat, but you know, it's hell. So, and then all the themes it's touching on is really bad because it touches on lust, it touches on grief and greed. And then of course it touches on greed with the girl that I told you about before with the shapeshifter. And like, it has really good themes. And then the, the ending is a really cool twist. It's really quick, but it almost makes you feel like the devil's better than God in this universe because it shows that he has a heart, but then he like spills out his spills out the deal of what he's doing right after he shows like he might have a heart and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, he has a plan. And then it leads up straight into what the sequel will be. And I started watch, uh, which is Alleluia. And I started watching that and it's actually, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm gonna have to finish that one. So. Highly recommend the De Devil's Carnival. Um, buckets of Blood score, 0.5 out of, out of 5. <laughs> it nice. really isn't blood. Um, but it's, Well, I mean, so, like, is the blood a fake, though? And it, like, is it supposed to be, like, fake, like, theatrical? That's fake? what I mean. I think it's supposed to be because it's supposed to be, like, it's a stage play being filmed. Okay, so, like, so, is it supposed to be kind of, like, within the respect of, like... Uh, the the no theater that you were mentioning in uh, Tuesday's episode maybe like like because how we made like the example oh like, no, the no 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 there was no streamers like it looked like they just kind of like put a red you know how like some visual or uh, uh, special effects you'll see on Facebook or on TikTok or whatever videos where people are doing the at home thing and sometimes when they do like a stab wound or something in their face it has that pink paper mache look. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Okay, I think I see. I, yeah. it, it, okay, I wonder, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if it's just a budget constraint or if that was the point, you know, to keep it the whole theater of it. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was like, uh, I wonder if that's the point. <laughs> that's what I mean. I think it might be the point. So that's why I'm like, I'm not going to use it as a huge con or anything. That was just a small con. And, and it wasn't even, the, there's and the blood isn't even the point of this movie. It's all about like yeah, their decisions and everything else. It's so. the tales that they all go yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. And well, and the cool thing too, like one cool thing that they do with this movie is that when the devil is, the devil is actually telling a story for each each of the three lost souls. And what they do really cool is that the devil's telling actually Aesop fables that relate to that tale. And it's a really cool, like, little scene that happens. Like, so before each one you see their uh, their tale in hell happen out, he tells their story through an Aesop fable. Got it. Yeah, and it's really cool. Um, so, highly recommend it. Um, you can find it for free right now if you have an Amazon Prime uh, membership. It's on Amazon Prime. It sounds really interesting, man. Like, it sounds like... Um it's like one it, recently I'm trying to remember what it was but it's on Shudder and like Mickey Rourke is like the guy that takes care of the theater uh-huh. while these people are coming to the mm-hmm. theater and like experiencing their own sins oh, okay um, yeah kind of but it, it's more yeah no it's but, obviously different yeah but. but it's really good I, I do really recommend The Devil's Carnival so a couple of quick trivia facts a few rules are visible from the list of 666 policed rules those include number one no free refunds given at any time number two no lip back talk or sass to our dark lord number three no hope or prayers that god will save you no number four no monkeys jumping on any beds number five no crying wolf shark or sasquatch number six no running jumping or cartwheels with scissors and number seven no take backs <laughs> no take backs. No takesy backsies. No um, take backsies. The movie was filmed in seven days. Um, all the character stories are based on Aesop Fables, just like what I said. Um, they are the dog and its reflection, the scorpion and the frog, and grief and his dew. Bill Mosley stated he based his performance of the magician on Roger Rabbit. You could totally see that. Um, of all the carna- carnies in the carnival, Wick, played by Alexa Penavega, is the only one with an actual name. The other carnies are named by titles such as Hobo Clown, Painted Doll, The Scorpion, and The Ticket Keeper. The Ticket Keeper. Yep. Keep your tickets. <laughs> all the shooting had to be done at night since there is never any sun in the Devil's Carnival. So, yeah. Uh, duh. Yeah. I told you that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my review on The Devil's Carnival. Give it a check out. I enjoyed it. It's fun. I'm just going to watch the sequel, and I'm enjoying it so far, too. Yeah. And, you know, man, like, again, just the way you described it, like, is making me kind of want to check it out because I do want to experience just, like, what each person's sin is. Yeah. For, for that whole aspect. Yeah, and it's really cool how they get there. Like, when each one dies, like, it's, it's actually pretty... <laughs> It's cool how they get transported to hell, like, with their death. Yeah. So. Like, okay. Yeah, and the music's fucking great. Like, there's a lot of 1920s vibe in it, and then, of course, all the, like, carny music, how they do their songs to it. It's just done really, really well. And, like, you can tell each actor in this movie was having so much fun with, like, everything going on. And were you able to, sorry, were you able to find out where you can view it? Uh, No, besides Amazon Prime. I got you. So, you can watch it for free right now on Tubi. For $2.99, you can watch it on YouTube and Google Play Movies and TV. And for $4.99, you can also get it on iTunes. So, for anybody who goes that facet. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome, man. So, I, uh, that was pretty sick. I, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, listening to and hearing about musicals just because, again, like I didn't really realize how rooted it was. So, with that, I think my choice is going to be kind of obvious to what I'm picking uh, <laughs> because it's like one of the few that I enjoy. It's not 
Little Shop of Horrors because I mean I, I can't make the case that already has been made for Little Shop of Horrors and why it's a fantastic movie. Same thing with Rocky Horror Picture. However, there is one that I do feel is just like on the tip that just needs a little more love to get a little <laughs> more recognition, and that is Repo: The Genetic Opera. Yeah, that, I love this movie. It's so fucking good. It's, it's my, good. It's my favorite. So, just diving into it again, Rebel Genetic Opera, which came out in 2008. It was directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman as well, written by Darren Smith, Terrence Zudnick, and stars Paul Sorvino, Anthony Stewart Head, and Alexa Pina Vega. And so it, it, what it's about is a worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program similar in nature to the standard of a car loan. The repossessions ca uh, clause is a killer, however. Now you think that's going to happen with lungs nowadays? <laughs> you know what's funny <laughs> is that uh, Repo Men came out shortly after, like a year or so after this. I and know. everybody's like, this is so unique. I'm like, fuck you, no it's not. This was a musical before. Well, you know what's funny is when Repo Men came out, I thought it was a sequel to this or just a remake. Yeah. See, I thought it was a remake of it. <laughs> That's the whole reason why I didn't watch it, because I was like, this is bullshit. This isn't is much attention that Repo the Genetic Opera should have gotten. I the, It was all right. Repo Man was all right. Yeah, I know, because Repo <laughs> the Genetic Opera did it better. It did. Well, it was its own story. They, did, it's, they don't even retell the same story. It's just the basis. It's basically the same, though. No, is it's it not. Repo men go and get organs, right? That's the, that's the only similarity. It There's makes it nothing... safe. Makes it safe to me. <laughs> makes like, it safe. That's the that's only similarity. All right. Yeah, fine. Do whatever. Forrest Whitaker isn't in it. <laughs> well, he's not in Repo no. either. Yeah, isn't he the, in the Repo Men? No. Oh, no, in Genetic... Sorry, I thought you were saying in... Uh, I thought you were saying he's not in Repo Men. And I was like, he's not in the Genetic no, Opera I'm either. Saying, I think he's in... Yeah, I've never in seen Repo, Repo Men, so you would know way more than Honestly, I would. It's been so long. I just remember the ending because the ending still rubs people the wrong way. Like, that's what kind of... It either ruins or makes the movie. You know what ending doesn't ruin is the Repo Genetic Operas, and they did it better again. All See? right, well, so tell me about it. Repo Men can suck dick. <laughs> I'm not making a case for it. I'm just saying they're two different things. Okay. Then you need my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going into it. So, uh, Rebuild Edition Niagara Opera is a, a setup how it's said. And various, it stems with that similar like writing style of more than one person's stories being told throughout the whole film, just just as much as like the Devil's Carnival is. Yeah. Um, and so, first off, just jumping into it, man, like, what I love about it is that the intro is done in a comic book style panel, and it explains the exposition, the whole overworld, how why this is the way it is, why Rebuild Genetic Opera, and why is there repo men within this world. And so, it's basically just that is when people couldn't afford uh, organ transplants or certain surgeries Genco run by Paul Savino as uh, Roddy makes this company and is just like hey I can loan you a liver uh, but you have to pay it off if not then we get to repossess it yeah. and so what ends up happening is that individual is unable to pay off that liver then the repo man comes hangs him up captures him takes out the liver and does not <laughs> care if they die yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's very brutal it's very brutal so right and so that's why right away just so nasty <laughs> just get that <laughs> and so right away I'm going to tell you right now that the movie is a solid 5 out of 5 buckets of gore uh, repo the 
genetic opera does not hold back with its gore at all. Uh, but we're, you know, it, again, opened up to the scene of just this comic book style showing how the world was made. And we're then introduced to the character of Shiloh, played by Alexa Pena Vega. And she then uh, is going into this graveyard to visit her mother's tomb, but then grave robbing is an issue because so there is this pain sedative that is that Jinko made for people. It's called Zydrate, and it's a mm -hmm. it's a, like a high 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 up pain uh, uh, the pain number. Yeah, uh, and so what what happens though is that a street version came uh, came to be when it, by the guy that who who plays as uh, played by Terrence Zudnik, grave robber himself is the man who has this little kingpin, this little, you know, capital underneath the entire Jinko by extracting fluid from corpses. And so he has the street version of Zydrate. And so this is mm -hmm. what Shiloh is walking in on as grave robber, just doing his business, getting more of this Zydrate from dead bodies. And so what ends up happening is that, you know, we're introduced to the first song of the entire movie, which, by the way, I have to review it in a different way because I'm not as theater-inclined, so bear with me. <laughs> but uh, Terrence himself has some amazing pipes. He's just like his singing, his exposition, the way he's explaining why certain characters do what and do things. It's just really fantastic, and I appreciate the hell out of it. And he just has a really catchy voice, and that's like the biggest thing I also want to give for this whole entire movie is that there are some very, very unique and catchy songs. Again, not very theater-inclined, so I can't like make the argument that it's like the most unique you'll ever see, but to me, it is very unique, and I enjoy it for that. Um, and also, just kind of wanting to point out the industrial goth and Used operatic rock performances are some of the most unique in the Arcachi tunes. Again, Terrence does a lot of these and they all do, all the actors and actresses do, and it's just fantastic. So, as the scene's playing out where he's just like, you know, giving it away that they're in this graveyard mm -hmm. and Shiloh's trying to escape being captured by, you know, the higher ups at Jinko, mm -hmm. uh, what ends up happening is that she gets taken back to her home and we start to see the relationship between her and her dad where we realize that she doesn't know what her dad does for a living because yeah. she just still thinks her dad is a surgeon. Yeah. He thinks he's a doctor, doesn't know that she he's actually a repo man. Oh, sweet ignorant uh, bliss. And so you find <laughs> out early on, and I'm not there's no really spoiler warning because it does tell you everything yeah. early on in the movie, which I kind of want to give it more of a pro for, but... You find out Roddy, who's played by Paul Savino, was originally in a relationship with Marnie, who is the mother of Shiloh and wife of uh, Nathan, who is mm -hmm. played by Anthony Stewart in this movie. Yeah. And so you find out that when she was pregnant, she became ill. And when Nathan tried to heal her, he accidentally poisoned her, finding out that Roddy was the one that placed the poison. And so this happens early on in the movie. You find out about it. It's not, it's not a big thing. And so... Every time that an incident happens within real time of the movie, so like in this case where Shiloh, you know, gets caught in the graveyard, it'll then go into an exposition of why this character is or who started. So it'll say like Nathan's story, and it'll show it within comic panels again, like you're reading a comic book. And I enjoyed the hell out of that because it was a weird kind of like nice taste from like the over haziness of how the film is uh, filmed, because a lot of the cinematography, cinematography is very d done in a very hazy type of way. So depending on who you are how that affects your sensors, I do recommend, you know, just kind of 
warm up to it a little bit. But uh, keep in mind, though, going a little more forward, find out that Roddy himself is dying slowly, and now he has to decide between his three his three children, which are played by uh, the fantastic Bill Mosley, uh, which who I always <laughs> always give him give him that little extra because it's Bill Mosley, and I love the living shit out of him. Yes, Bill Mosley. Sorry, <laughs> plays Luigi Largo, and I he and, and it's it, him singing is the best thing ever because it's just him coming on and just like it's like ha ta 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 ha ta 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 like there's this really nice melodic singing throughout you know even yeah. even Alexa she does really great job she has, she has a fantastic voice and it's just been mostly and I am the Ouija <laughs> where's my chocolate <laughs> but it works for him and so I love it for that um, also played also playing brother and sister uh, of Bill Mosley characters Luigi is Kevin Ogre Ogilvy who plays the role of Pavi Largo also known as Ogre and uh, also Paris Hilton plays the role of Blind Mag which I'm just gonna get out of the way this movie got a lot of shit because and I think a reason it didn't get a lot of attention back in the day mm-hmm. was when Paris Hilton's fame was more in <laughs> But it was more in the tabloids. Yeah. And so nobody wanted to see anything that her name was attached to. Because yeah. this also came shortly after How uh the House ha- of Wax. Yeah, House of Wax, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know, dude, Paris Hilton was just a death sentence for a movie. Well, here's then. the thing, man. Like, I, I I will make the argument here. She she does a fan fucking ta- or not as blind mag. She, uh sorry, she plays Amber Sweet. I said blind mag because blind mag's uh, name is right above hers. Uh-huh. Uh, but she plays Amber Sweet, and Paris Hilton does a good job in the movie. Yeah. I'm not gonna she say played to her, she played to her um, strengths her strengths which was just to be a background character <laughs> well and even that like she was she was the spoiled brat character yeah. and she did it well uh, she she does some singing I don't think it really takes away from the overall film and I don't think it's worth it enough to make it a con honestly no she's not a, she's not a vendorable part of the movie yeah like if you're not a big fan of her or whatever but if you are a big fan of her more reason for you to check it out point mm-hmm. being is that her role within the movie is done well that I'm actually able to detach it from being Paris Hilton so uh, but her whole each one of the kids are kind of just like haunted by their own little sins like for example Pavi he loves to steal faces and wear them and he's obsessed with sex where Whereas Luigi is obsessed with power and just killing and will do whatever he wants. Where Amber is is hooked on Zydrate and is you know she was kind of the more hopeful one out of mm-hmm. the three. But after getting hooked on that and getting addicted to surgery after surgery after surgery, all kind of been lessened in the eyes of Roddy Largo, their father. And so they're kind of in their own fight, saying, "I'm going to be the one that takes on the company," not really caring that Roddy's died in front of them. And so with that, you know, it continues on. A little bit more where Roddy realizes he needs to find an heir and sees that within Shiloh Wallace the daughter of Nathan and Marnie and so as the movie goes on he you know tries to lure her out kind of similar though to like the little mermaid with Ursula where yeah. if you make this deal with me I will give you this back yeah you know or in this case we find out that Shiloh actually has a blood disease and so he's like I can give you your care just come hang out with me. Come, you know, and, you know, I can introduce you to Blind Mag, who Blind Mag is played uh, by the role of... Sorry, I, every time I, I should stop clicking away when I'm going to do a reference. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm about to do a reference. Away! <laughs> uh, played by Sarah Brightman, uh, plays as Blind Mag, which, by the way, just quick side note, fantastic singing from Sarah Brightman. Like, her, her singing in this movie, her uh, sopranos, everything just, like, 
blows my mind. I again, I'm not the big biggest theater uh, knowledge guy, but I mm-hmm. just looking into it. I she actually is a talented, like trained opera uh, opera singer, and so that's why even more so it just stands out even more. And so I just want to give that credit to her because again, bravo, fucking mm-hmm. love it. But anyways, as this goes on, he's like, hey, come hang out. I'll show you what this world is like, kind of deal. Yeah, and so does that and. Again, the choice of cast, all those really odd, like, at first look, like an odd grouping of, like, Paris Hilton, you know, Paul Savino, freaking Paris Hilton, Bill Mosley, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Stewart Head, you know, it's just, these are all, it's a weird amount of characters, and yet, when you actually dive into the movie, it's, they're all very fantastic and charming, and even some of them are beyond charismatic for their characters, such yeah. as uh, Terrence as the grave robber. And so that alone deserves, like, your investment just to see, like, what their characters do and how they expand within this short period of time. And again, coming back to it, the comic panels being used to explain a character's background and motivation, it's just a very quick and smart, simple way to explain it without having to drag out the movie more than it needs to be. Yeah, it's really unique. Yeah. Like, I like it a lot, too. And like, I kind of wish, like, some movies would do that a little bit more when they're going that B-movie schlocky route. Like, I know it's a little overdone in games. Like, it definitely got way overdone in the early 2000 video games. But, like, in movies, like, for instance, with this, like, when you have a lot of characters that you need to talk about, but you don't want to go into their backstories too quick, like, that works so well. Oh, yeah. And see, that's what I love about it, man. It's just that, like, it's just, it's a smart way to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, like, it kind of takes me back a little bit, too, like that. But, Talking about video games, I got it. I got to give it its con. Some of the practical effects, most of the CG, really does look like it's from a video game cutscene. <laughs> yeah, so depending how you feel about that as the viewer is going to dictate how you take that. But for me, I just I could tell it's very noticeable. I feel like it adds to the overall aesthetic of the world that this movie is set within. Which, by the way, fun fact, but I it made me feel a little old when I was watching this movie. Jinko uh, has its own like dumpsters that picks up dead bodies and yeah. whatnot. And so yeah, on the sign uh, on the side of it, the sign said uh, "Serving G Jinko uh, uh, Disposal Service Serving You Since t- 2030." <laughs> and I'm like. That's only 10 years away. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Corona! (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, 2030, huh? Get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, we're all going to start leasing organs. (laughs) Here soon. That, that in mind, though, without feeling old all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, the the music in this, again, I want to come back and just give more credit to the overall music because it, like, it'll shift from very operatic goth type of singing to more industrial type of rock type of singing. Like, yeah. when, they're, when they're singing about the drug xytrate on the street, it's a very just, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. It comes in a pill that does it. It's so pure, so pure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do the whole song, so watch the movie. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to watch the movie. I'm not going to act out the tunes for you, people. Like, deal it, Roy. So, but one thing I'm just gonna give it's biased, but I don't give a shit. Uh, an additional pro to watch it is for the cameo of Joan Jett. As oh, well. yeah. So, <laughs> is, uh, so, because there's a scene where uh, basically Shiloh and Nathan they finally have like it out like like I'm not like I know I'm 17 I know I'm your little girl and you care about me but I can have a life I'm not just a corpse and he's just like but I lost your mother and I can't lose you kind of fight and so like she breaks out into like this song called titled 17 that's really catchy and so like Mm -hmm. Joan Jett just like busts through with the guitar and just like the only thing I could think of in that movie was at that for that song I was like shouldn't you be singing I'm 18 so I'm an adult 
Not in this world. Not, I know. Not in this world. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I, anyway, so, yeah. Uh, and, again, although the visuals throughout this film are filmed in a very haze-like manner, there's some parts where it adds to it really, really well. Um, it adds to the very operatic-themed infused uh, points of this movie. So... As it continues, we find out that, you know, Shiloh and Blind Mag have a bigger connection, finding out that Blind Mag is actually the godmother to Shiloh and is trying to warn Shiloh of what Roddy really has mm-hmm. in mind and what she should be doing, you know, and not staying inside. And eventually, Shiloh is won over due to a lot of manipulation from Roddy himself to where Nathan just, like... It was like, look, my wife's gone, and you're trying to take my daughter now. It's fucking on. So he like suits up in his Repo Man suit. Yeah. And this is, this is one little con I'm gonna give it. It goes to a montage of him just being a badass, killing dudes, but does it in a comic book panel. And uh-huh. so instead of actually showing him act out, like yeah. he acts out some of the combat, he really does. Yeah. And honestly, like it's not like a big huge con. It's more so just like I would have loved to see that type of gore. But yeah. keep in mind, like. Throughout the film, we see him opening up dudes, ripping out intestines. <laughs> so that's one of those things where we're like, I just wish there was a little more. I was like, you started out strong, why couldn't you just pull through? <laughs> but honestly, like that comes down to the type of gore hound you are, really. I still think it's a genius that they did use the comic style at the time to get through the mo- the, the montage of him fighting through dudes and whatnot. Uh-huh. But like, like Nathan's voice in general, the, the guy who plays him, Anthony Stewart, uh, head is just like his voice voice just so ear piercing and catching that like it's just it's almost like like loud honey if yeah that makes sense so and, and i mean that in like the most like positive way possible mm-hmm. so with that in mind you know it's just uh, the movie's playing out to where they all meet up at the reap the the opera the repo the genetic opera <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're all meeting at the opera. This is where the big final confrontation is going to be, where Shiloh finally uh, confronts her dad and gets her virus, where her dad comes to save Shiloh and finally kill Roddy because he, mm-hmm. he found out at this point that Roddy did conspire against him and was the reason why yeah. Marnie died. And then we also see you know, the children of Roddy finally coming to stand by his side do this show and see who's going to be the one chosen to take on the company be the heir of the company and so it's it's you know it's really fucking funny because there's like moments of like where it's still like trying to keep with its dark humor throughout like it's too little twisted dark humor and uh with that he you know did kind of uh go into this tale though of just trying to remember remind everybody that all of these organs are leased from a big, huge corporation. And so yeah. Blind Mag, as being, you know, the headliner, takes her nails that she has and just, like, gouges her eyes out. She's like, I would rather be blind than sell my soul, you know? Yeah. Because she basically signs a... You find out she signs a contract earlier on within the movie that she was blind at first, but mm-hmm. uh, Roddy, when dating Marnie, gave her her eyes. Yeah. But had to sign her life away. Yeah, and uh, so she had to... Yeah. <laughs> it's, Sorry. And no, you're cool. Um, and so, yeah, and so it's it's kind of like a good, like, fuck you moment, and I loved it for that. Mm-hmm. But that's just where, like, the blood keeps kind of uh, piling up on itself. <laughs> where, like, even Alexa's character, she, like, collapses into the blood, faints. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, sure is a good amount of blood. But, um, but eventually, uh, the movie does conclude with Roddy getting his and Nathan's 
sadly dying throughout the fight. I'm not really spoiling anything for you because, again, there isn't a huge major twist. This plays through a lot of tropes that you can guess of what's going to happen early on. Yeah, it's so, a tragedy. Yeah, it's a tragedy. So, so if you know, like, if you're going into a play knowing it's a tragedy, you know more than likely, <laughs> like, someone you like's going to die in the end. Right. <laughs> and so, and that's really what it is. You know, it's just like, there's the all these characters that you do genuinely like, regardless of how twisted they are, you can't even like them for their twisted nature. Like, yeah. Bill Mosley's character is Luigi. Like, you gotta appreciate it, because it's just Bill Mosley. Mm -hmm. Although it's really funny seeing Bill Mosley pretending to be the child of Paul Savino. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll go with that. It works. It works. It somehow works. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but... Yeah, we you know with that in mind, but yeah, that's just kind of like I, I feel like I keep circling on the same reasons why to watch this movie, and really the the biggest thing about it is that this is probably one of the few movies that I can say are great for that middle ground of if you don't really watch a lot of musicals, um, and if you do. This has a little bit of something for everybody in it. And especially just if you're into horror, it does kind of, like, help with that aspect, too. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that it was, you know, uh, a lot of love in this did come from inspiration of Rocky Horror, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, again, honestly, man, it's just such a solid movie to check out. I know right now if you want to check out Repo the Genetic Opera, you can get it for uh, free on Tubi. That's where I watched it. Or you can rent it on Amazon for about $3.99 right now. And, and honestly, I, I there's not much else I can really tell you about why to watch this movie. Yeah. Except to just, trust me, you're going to be in for a ride. A bloody good ride That at that. A few interesting facts. The producers have stated that the film is really just the middle part of a planned trilogy. The next chapter would be a prequel to the events shown in this film and is tentatively titled Repo, The Beginning. No time frame has been given when production could start in the next movie. Damn. <laughs> and we still know And that was 2008. Yeah. So that's a little disheartening. <laughs> uh, the song I Didn't Know I'd Love You So Much was originally a lullaby composer Darren Smith sang to his son. Aww. Aww. Anthony Stewart Head was uh, chosen for his role as Nathan Wallace after Darren Boseman had heard him sing in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer 6 season episode 7, which was titled Once More with Feeling. Anthony Head had sung previously in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series during its fourth season as well. Anthony Stewart Head has had several other singing credits to his name as well. One song in particular that can be noted is his rendition of the song Sweet Transvestite. Lastly, many of the costumes worn by Amber Sweet, so Paris Hilton, and the support group members were Paris Hilton's own clothes. Huh. Cool. I don't really know how to feel about that. Huh. There's a total of 58 songs in the film, including instruments. <laughs> yeah, definitely give that, that a watch. It's a really good movie. Yeah, uh, and you know what's uh, really interesting? Terrence Z Zudnick, who played a grave robber, also plays a repo man in the opening sequence of the film. Oh, nice. So technically there's two. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Would you look at that? Right on. Right on. So uh, there you go. There is. These are the movies we're telling you to watch. So go check out and fill your weekends with, with horror. Um, horror and joy and with all the singing. And all the joy and singing. Da, 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 da. Uh, <laughs> goals, guys, groups, and moons. If you want to keep up with everything we're doing, you know where to do that. Facebook, search us up, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, or on our Twitter at OfficialPRHP, or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast at hashtag PHP Podcast. If you want to share your bottle noodle recipes with me, you can do that over <laughs> at my Instagram at <laughs> the Undead Matt. 
Uh, if you want to support the show financially, you can buy merch from us over at teespring.com slash podcast. We have a lot more new merch on there available for purchase. Um, and with the colder season starting to get closer and closer, feel free to jump on one of our favorite hoodies that we're making. And ones that are available right now. If not, get yourself a Cody Zilla shirt and, you know, take a picture of that. Send that picture to us. Yeah. We might just put it on our story. Um, if you want to support us on a Patreon, please go over to patreon.com slash podcast. Please, ghouls and gals, take care of yourselves. Watch out for yourselves. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Do what you got to do these days. And honestly, keep watching horror because that's the one solidarity thing and in solace and something that we can always, always find strength within. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. We will talk about horror with you next time. Bye. Bye.